It's Oh, goodness. Okay. In a nutshell, though, we'll do the nutshell version. Sure. Um, my background is actually really education. So my degrees, two of my degrees are spe specialized in education, and I did a lot of teaching, everything from sixth grade all the way up to adult learning and college level and some online courses. But about six years ago, I pretty much left the traditional classroom for the shooting range, and I haven't looked back since. And it's been such an amazing experience. It's especially wonderful for me with an education background to transpose the really good parts of the world of academia into the world of shooting and just see how that's really starting to flow and really starting to work out. As far as my connections with USCCA, that was really a happy accident. And I kind of pursued them and really worked closely, I guess, initially with Kevin Michalowski with Concealed Carry Magazine. Mm -hmm. I've known Kevin for about two decades, so I reached out to him and he was interested in me writing. And I thought, what do you want to hear from me? I'm just a mom with a gun. I mean, there's nothing there. And the more we kind of thought and brainstormed, we were like, wait a minute. Actually, that's kind of cool because I legitimately am just a mom with a gun. I, I don't have law enforcement background. I don't have military background. It's not like I grew up with guns in my home or had a lot of lessons or practice as a kid. So it's all fairly new, I guess, relatively speaking, um, compared to a lot of folks that are in this industry. And uh, USCCA has kind of allowed me to grow and uh, move forward on my journey right along with them. And in the meantime, I kind of said, hey, why don't we do a blog? Maybe kind of focusing on some stuff women might be interested in. And maybe we should also do, I don't know, a magazine. And, and how about a book curriculum? And USCCA has been so awesome and so receptive to the ideas. And they've just kind of gone along with it and we've grown it together and it's flourished. And it's just been a really, really awesome opportunity, again, to kind of mesh two worlds that are really important to me in this really fantastic, meaningful way. That's really cool. I uh, I didn't realize that that Kevin was kind of your your uh, gateway into the yeah. USCCA in that sense. That's pretty cool. I, I worked closely with Kevin for Laser Ammo when, when I flew yeah. out there and recorded the videos. So that was kind of kind of the same thing. My my gateway into the USCCA was Kevin. Awesome. Very awesome. Yeah, he knows a lot of people, so he's a good person. Good contact. He does. He does. It's it's interesting your story. You know, a few times this has come up with a few of the other guests that we've had. People who make their own opportunities and then capitalize on them, or the ones that get things done. And yes. I think a lot of times, you know, we all train instructors and, and I'm always telling my instructors, find, find a niche, find some opportunity that you can create yeah. and then go for it. And yeah. so we see time and time again, where successful folks are doing that very thing. Oh, it's so true. And I mean, with a niche market or niche, 
however you want to say it, you can use whatever pronunciation, 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 <laughs> tomato, tomato, neither, <laughs> potato, neither. potato. Yep. Yeah. Neither, neither, either, either. Um, lever, lever. Hey, we could go on. <laughs> yeah, we we could. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I have found in my little area here, I'm in central Alabama and um, I've lived in this area all my life. I know a lot of the people, again, I've worked with a lot of the communities when I was teaching school and going through those steps and procedures. And it's really interesting because women do like to learn from other women, especially when they're starting out. And with the women's curriculum, in my mind, it was always kind of a stepping stone idea. I, I understand how it's intimidating, not only just the topic in general of firearms, if you're not familiar with it, it can be intimidating to walk into that classroom and it's oftentimes a lot of males and it's run by men and a lot of times they're wearing all the tactical gear and for some of those ladies that's like ooh i don't know if i'm in the right place mm -hmm. and with me you know i show up in my polo and my jeans and i don't have all the tactical gear on and i'm inviting these women and welcoming it welcoming them into a conversation really and now in this area there's literally over 25,000 women who have clicked interested in that one class that obviously I can only teach about 20 at a time. So it looks like I'm going to be busy for a long time. And that's a, a wonderful thing, not for me, but for them, because we're making a difference in these people's lives. I mean, this is, it's life changing to be able to protect yourself and your family. It's such an honor to be able to do that. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you had mentioned the, uh, the women's course. This, this oh, yeah. of course, is the older edition. There's a newer edition that's come out recently. Yeah. That's a class for women by women, but men can teach that class too. Do you find that men are pulling that class off well, or is there still value to it when a man teaches that class? Absolutely, both. Uh, men are teaching it, they're having success, and there's a lot of value to it. And um, I think for some women, again, it's just the camaraderie or the I relate to this mm -hmm. woman kind of thing that pulls them in. But the class, that curriculum is designed really in three pieces. And that's where it kind of gets interesting. So you've got your intro, which is definitely a stepping stone. It is so bare bones basic. But again, it's just that environment. You're creating this mindset. You're creating um, an interest. And hopefully these ladies are saying, ooh, well, what's next? What should I do now? Mm -hmm. And then you've got the intermediate course, which I'm seeing a lot of the guys are starting to teach that too. And then, of course, the defensive course, which is kind of in and of itself. It's another level. It's another layer. Um, I see it later on down the road after women have had a chance to kind of go through the different options for concealed carry and get comfortable with their firearm, get comfortable with themselves and with the idea that, hey, I'm going to carry this gun this way every day whether it's their appendix carry, whether it's, you know, strong side hip, whatever they decide to choose. But um, I've had lots of men reaching out to me saying, thank you. Thank you for doing this because mm -hmm. you're speaking to women in a way that I wasn't quite sure how to do. So all the materials, you know, the PowerPoint and the book, it speaks to women from a woman's perspective, but guys are just as, as open to it, just as confident with it. And in fact, I've sort of tweaked the PowerPoint now and again to offer this class to guys and gals alike. So mm -hmm. even though it was designed with that perspective, a lot of those little tactics work really well because we're taking new information and just connecting it with something people already know, things they're already familiar with. And of course that works, that works across the board, whether you're guy or gal. Um, the only other thing that we've done, and I'm not sure uh, how, to, how this is available or where it's available, but we at USCCA did a little kind of, I guess, continuing education module on the differences in learning styles between males and females. 
So for those who are really interested in this class, especially from a guy's perspective, that would be a super place to start just so you can get really confident with the research that's out there as far as not just adult learning, but there are some real divisions between the sexes, the way that we communicate verbally and non-verbally mm -hmm. to pick up on those cues is going to be ideal for people to be more successful. I think. Yeah, that's Absolutely. We, you point. know, men are, you know, what men are Mars, women, Venus, right? It's, yep. Sure. <laughs> there's definite truth to that. Absolutely. Yeah. People learn in different ways. And some people, uh, you know, don't realize that, that men and women learn in different ways uh, yeah. in their own right. So that's, yeah, and it's not meant to patronize or belittle or make anyone feel uncomfortable. It's just, you know, slightly different. It's a slightly different environment, slightly different feel. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that makes all the difference, really. Definitely. Yeah, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of women that will come to me for training and their husbands could train them, but they just, yeah. they, you know, they just don't want to get trained by their husband. And, <laughs> and I've had them where the husband's been there uh, trying to be in the class teaching too or the one-on-one -on -one lesson or whatever. And, uh, you know, I just got to say, are we co-teaching or I yeah. mean, how, how are we doing this? And I you know, just don't want to let go. And, and rightfully so, you know, I, I teach my wife, but I'm sure she could probably get more from somebody else other than yeah. me. And well, and it depends on the is. situation, depends on the context, depends on yep. the curriculum and yeah. depends on the relationship too. I mean, yeah. some women feel really intimidated with their husbands around and you know, that that's not a good step taking into the classroom that kind of are already a little fear of yeah. maybe not doing it right or saying something wrong or, whatever. So, you know, if we can eliminate those things and just focus on the good and allow those positives to come to light, we're just going to have, I think, a more effective and successful class across the board. Um, my husband, of course, Sean, he'll teach this class with me and he's fantastic. He loves it. He does a great job, but then he'll dive right into, you know, defensive shooting fundamentals the next day. It's, it's very easy to do that if you're confident and comfortable with the material itself. So yeah, I met him at the expo for the first time. So that was, uh, it was pretty neat to, to meet him there. I think, I, told, yeah. I think we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so, he's, he's a pretty uh, ninja like shooter too. He's pretty, <laughs> yeah, I he's pretty impressive. Saying that, Clint. Yeah. Um, so out of all the courses that, uh, that you've, that you've taken and that you've taught, which, which would be your favorite? Oh, that, that's an impossible, I think, question for me to answer. But I would like to say that one class that kind of stood out as um, maybe a life changer or a thought changer, mm -hmm. um, believe it or not, was a Sig Sauer instructor course that I took kind of more early on in my career. And I kind of had it locked in my mind that, you know, firearms had to be this way and it had to be taught this way. And everyone was kind of telling me that too. They were like, for the first five minutes, you talk about this subject. And then the next minute you talk about this subject. And I was really not liking that, really mm -hmm. felt uncomfortable. So I felt like this class kind of deconstructed everything I thought I knew of teaching firearms. And it kind of allowed me to be more open to the ideas I already felt confident and comfortable with as far as just teaching skills. So their simple is good philosophy mm -hmm. was super important for me to hear at that time in my career so that I could grow and I could take more classes. And you know, I know between the three of us, we've taken and taught a lot of classes. And there's so many different instructors, so much different curriculum, and sometimes the curriculum or the ideas are almost contradictory. Yep. So it's very important to be able to sit back and think for yourself and go through data and research and you know information that's out there and make it connect to you so you can legitimately accept it and teach it or move on. So that, mm -hmm. that was kind of not the best class necessarily, but a really thought-changing, life-changing moment for me. Yeah. 
Best, cool. best situation. Yeah, that's that's a neat idea. So that further, is there a specific mentor? I mean, obviously Kevin's a, a huge mentor for yeah. you. Is there uh, a mentor, speaking of Kevin or others that in the industry that you look up to, that you go to, to for more training or for more uh, mentorship in the instructor and or shooting side of the realm? You know, I think George Harris, who obviously yes. was one of the founders of SIG Academy, he stands out to me because I even met him before I took that SIG class. <laughs> I, before I knew anything of what they were teaching, what they were training, he and I had some really awesome discussions about education, about learning, about how things um, really can boil down to be very simple. And it's just once you boil it down to the simple, you can figure out the next steps to connect it to everybody. And that was just so breathtaking and so eye-opening and so important to me. So I've looked to him for a lot of things. I mean, just as a friend, as a mentor, and, you know, I can't say he and I agree on everything either. I mean, you know, I think that's the nature of it, you know, but I feel like I can look up to him as a guide, as a mentor, as a voice of reason, as someone who's been there, done that, seen it, um, maybe experienced it. And that helps me make better decisions moving forward, you know? Cool. Very neat. So before we started recording, we had talked about, uh, we were, we were uh, talking about a blog that you put out. It was one I, I particularly found enjoyable to read. And uh, essentially, it was talking about a woman who had written an article that, correct me if I'm wrong, basically stated that if you're around firearms, it's going to make you turn into this horrible, evil person. Is that, is that a fair way to, to describe it? That is fair. There was a professor of anthropology from Dartmouth, I believe, and she, yeah, she basically said those things. She said that firearms in, are basically evil and violent, terrible things. And if you're in a room with a firearm or, God forbid, touch one, you're going to be influenced by that. And for me, I mean, I just couldn't help but think, am, am I reading something from Harry Potter? Is this a horcrux? Is this, yeah. you know, some kind of element from, I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons or something? Because, I mean, I just, I firmly, I don't believe that at all. I'm the complete opposite. I feel like it's, in, it's an inanimate object. It holds nothing as far as being evil or good until I wield that object, until I use it for something, basically. It doesn't affect me um, positively or negatively. And I was just so floored by her belief system with that. But unfortunately, I think that's kind of infiltrated really a lot of our culture. A lot of people automatically associate firearm with bad, with evil, with violence. And that's really sad. Um, I think we need to continue to work to change that perception. And, you know, it's okay to admit that shooting is fun, you know, recreational, competitive shooting practice. It, it can be therapeutic and enjoyable and that's okay. I hate that people have made it into this taboo and that an article like this exists because firearms have no supernatural powers whatsoever. I promise well, they just don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you put that article out because a lot of times people who aren't, you know, I'll say quote gun people, they hear things like that and that buries in their subconscious. So a lot yeah. of you talked earlier about some of the students coming to class, they have a little bit of fear or something. A lot of that is due to inhibitions created by this false narrative that's put out there in the media, especially. I, yeah. I just wanted to bring this up real quickly here. I got two safety things, right? And these were actually given out by the local fire department. And it's interesting. Let's see, it says here, uh, every year thousands of children are killed or injured. Uh, in incidents involving adult handguns. Okay, so this is where half-truth is put out there. If you yeah. study the stats on this, 
the vast majority of those are gang-related people who are under the age of 18 and gang-related violent criminal activities. But yet yes. they put this out here and they can say, well, that's true because, you know, these kids are all killed. Well, that's a half truth. Yeah. And, and so a lot of times people that don't take the time to research that or they just, you know, we're in a, a culture of here's the soundbite, yeah. let's move on to the next soundbite. What that's AR what they take for? away as fact. Yeah, exactly. We talked earlier about, you know, what's AR stand for? And that's, yeah, that's, that's some more of that. So I really liked your article and how it brought that to light. And, and those of us who are, you know, again, I like to say gun people, whatever that means, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're folks that have taken on the responsibility of arming ourselves and becoming our own family first responder. We see through that stuff, but the vast majority of people maybe haven't. So I think we also need to keep that in the back of our head. And whenever we have that conversation at the grocery store with the person in the checkout line, you know, try to educate them there as well as we do on the range and in the classroom. Well, perfect. Exactly. And that's why being a mom with a gun, quote unquote, just a mom <laughs> with a gun is not a bad thing because I, I get to have those conversations all the time. Mm -hmm. my, my son, in fact, uh, not, I think it was the year before last, so it might have been second grade. Uh, he was sitting at lunch, and one of his friend's moms had come to eat with them because, you know, when they're little kids, you can still go eat with them, and they're not totally embarrassed by your presence. So the mom had asked my son, what does your mom do for a living? You know, what does she do? Is, does she stay at home? And my son was like, well, yeah, because I do work from home a lot. I'm blessed to be able to be a remote kind of person and, you know, have my office at my house most of the time. And she questioned him further. So she's just a stay at home mom. Is, is that her job? That's what she does. And my son was like, no, she teaches people to be safe with guns. And those were his words. And I had never, you know, prompted him, taught him, or, you know, I guess quizzed him on what to say should anyone ever ask. But it's little things like those that open up the conversations, just the innocent and perfect way of saying she teaches people to be safe with guns. Well, that's exactly what I do. Mm -hmm. And so the word safe was in there, you know, being safe. And, you know, I think that got her to think, okay, it wasn't just she's a firearms instructor or whatever. Um, I'm a gun safety advocate. There's another article I put out. I hate that anti-gun organizations are claiming gun safety advocate as a term that describes them. Because just what you said, Clint, you're showing a piece of paper that's half truth. Misnomer. It's, it's not exactly what, what is really happening in the world today. And, you know, it's just, I'm a gun safety advocate. I am yeah. because I teach people and constantly um, teach my own children and reach out to people and write articles and speak all over the nation and teach classes because it's that important to me. So this whole thing of changing the narrative and just claiming these words or phrases or changing them is kind of a, a, a huge thing for me, especially being a word nerd like I am. <laughs> hey, it's surgical language, right? Surgical no. language. Boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you're doing excellent, excellent work. Most so definitely. One question we wanted to kind of throw out there to you: What is actually these? Are, it's a two-part question. What advice would you give to a, a woman who's deciding to take on a responsibility to become her own family first responder? And then also, what advice would you give to that woman who is deciding that I want to that she wants to help empower other people and take on that role as a leader and become an instructor? For the woman that's brand new, I think it's it's all about mindset, really. Honestly, the most important thing that you can do for training is just to, we already talked about the refuse to be a victim. That was something we discussed before uh, the cameras rolled, but refuse to be a victim, this mindset, do you 
is selecting yourself from the victim pool. That sounds crazy, but that's exactly what we need to do. Whether that's mentally training and whether that's firearms training, a combination of all of the above, going to trustworthy resources, studying, taking classes. It's amazing to me. Um, a lot of the women that come to my classes, they're so eager for that next step. And I don't get that reaction as much from the men. It's kind of like, oh, I took the class. I got my piece of paper. I really knew all of this. I just needed you to sign my piece of paper. Check. So I'm, I'm yeah, uh, check. That's it. I'm so excited for those women and I encourage them. And when they feel like they're being, I don't know, chastised or put down or questioned, I always remind them, you know, what is the core reason for you getting involved? Because that's where all of this really, this is where it all kind of revolves around. You are worth protecting. And for a lot of women, if people ask them, well, why, why, why are you doing this? Why are you, why do you want to hold, have a gun, use a gun, train with a gun? I'm worth protecting. My kids are worth protecting. It's whole, all this self-preservation and self-defense, and that's at the core of the matter for most women. So I ask them to really embrace that. Um, as far as women getting involved, I mean, it's really just as simple as being someone in the household that has made the decision to accept, embrace, and live out the Second Amendment right to protect ourselves. When you have a woman in the home who supports guns and gun training. It's amazing how that influences the rest of the household. Mm, Pretty true. soon, right? Pretty soon yeah. you have children who are now respecting firearms and learning about guns or training. Uh, you have friends, you have family members, you have community members. Um, women are still very influential when it comes to the word of mouth type marketing and the types of decision making that's going on in the house. Uh, females still have a strong influence over those things. So for that woman, it can be just as simple as just continue to live your life as a good role model. And those, those opinions of others, you just set them aside and look for those opportunities and chances to arise because you just never know. I was asked to speak at a 4-H club. I've been asked to speak for church groups. I've been asked to lead women's adventure groups. You know, these are women that go out and they do like kayaking or rock climbing or whatever. You just never know where these opportunities could arise. And I mean, it could, again, it could be as simple as influencing your own household, your own family members, and that's enough. I mean, that, that's huge because now you know that you're perpetuating this throughout future generations, hopefully, to continue to support the Second Amendment and teach people to be safe and responsible. You know, it's, it's quite interesting uh, with all the training that I do, with all the training that I, classes that I teach, um, you know, my wife has kind of been in that tunnel of, yeah, that's what my husband does, but to, to bite into it or buy into it, uh, it, it took actually almost a, an encounter that thank God it didn't go bad. But, uh, somebody came to the door, knocked on the door. She was walking towards the door, ready to open the handle without even looking, seeing who it was. And hair stood up on the back of her neck. Holy ghost smacked her in the head and said, psh, psh, don't open that door. Ooh. Um, so she stopped, paused, you know, listen to the, listen to the Holy Spirit, look through the window and seeing this big guy standing out there with his arms crossed with his back mm. to the door. And, uh, and she just said, you know, hunkered down out of the window and said, uh, you know, can I help you? And the guy just said, can you open the door? And, <laughs> and she was like, uh, no, what can I do for you? And of course, as we know in the industry, that's breaking the OODA loop threw him off his game. And he started, yep. you know, humming, hemming and hawing. And I uh, was like, Oh, well, can, can I shovel your driveway? and freaked her out. She ran back to the safe, opened the safe, got out a revolver, called me, not the, not 911, <laughs> me. 
And I you're kind of like calling 911. Yeah, well, right? I, but Are I was on duty. I was no, I was not. I was like oh, ac- point. across point. town. <laughs> and uh, and I told her, I said, hang up and call 911. So she hung up and she called the neighbor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and asked the neighbor, hey, did anybody come by your house to see if you know you needed the driveway shovel? And she goes, no, I wish they would. I do need my driveway shovel. So from that point forward, though, she realized like mm-hmm. it can happen to anybody anywhere. Yes. And you know what I teach is you know being situationally aware, paying attention, like our parents used to do, smacking the back of the head, pay attention. Yep. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Beckman with Farm Trainers Podcast and American Defense Training, and you are listening to Meet the Pressers with Matthew Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. So, Beth, I know you're very involved politically, and you're a, you're an advocate for the Second Amendment. Would you? Talk about maybe anything going on politically, legislatively in Alabama. And another layer of complexity to this question would be, are there any organizations in Alabama that that folks that live there should support and be involved with so that they can stay on top of legislation, but also get things done in the state? I am the Alabama delegate for the DC Project. DC Project is basically a grassroots organization started, I want to say, four or five years ago by Di Mueller, who's very well known in the industry as being a world champion competitive shooter. She also worked in law enforcement for a long time. She really just wanted a way to connect better with representatives and not only to have more time face-to-face with these representatives, but let them know that this is the changing face of the Second Amendment. There's still that kind of stereotype out there that maybe it's just the old, you know, white redneck even, or it's mostly male, whatever, you know, there's still this kind of mentality that exists. So it's really awesome to be able to walk into representatives' uh, offices, whether senators or congressmen or women, and basically say, you know, hey, we're here because we support the Second Amendment and we're watching you. And we want you to vote in favor of things that are going to support our right to protect ourselves. As far as other things in Alabama, organizations that are, I think, essential to our Second Amendment right, I am a member of Bama Carry, and I highly recommend all Alabamians join Bama Carry because these men and women are so on top of things. They are so involved with all the little nuances and all the little dotting the I's crossing the T's, they are paying attention. And I have utilized them as a resource so many times to make sure that I'm getting things right. And a couple of times I've been wrong. A couple of times I've made a couple of assumptions or I've looked at something and surface level thought it was pretty good. And I've been schooled by my fellow Bama Carry members who have said, no, 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 we need to dig deeper. We need to look at this. So they're a great institution, great organization. I mean, membership is like $20 a year mm-hmm. or something, pennies, nothing. It's absolutely nothing to be able to support such a great body of men and women. People trying to get involved in anything with Bama Carey, how do they reach out to them? How do they learn more about you? How do they reach out to you for courses that you teach, uh, appearances that you're going to be in, book signings, all that good stuff? Uh, BamaCarey.org, I believe, is where they would need to go to find out more about Bama Carey. Uh, you can also, of course, find Bama Carey, the organization, and all the different chapters on Facebook. So if you're looking for like a Shelby County or a Tuscaloosa or whatever, you can find all that. Same with the DC Project. You can find DC Project online and through Facebook. You can kind of see what we're up to, um, different events, fundraising events, things like that. And with me, with the USCCA, you can easily just go to our website at uscca.com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. I actually have a Beth Alcazar page that we run through the USCCA, 
but I also have my pacifiers and peacemakers with Beth Alcazar that I run myself that gives more information about classes locally that I would be teaching or other events that I'm going to speaking events, book signings. That's kind of weird, but anything else <laughs> like that would be found there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, it's definitely been a pleasure. Always, uh, always a pleasure to, to see you at the shows, to talk to you, catch up, to teach with you at, at the different, uh, the different uh, courses for the USCCA across the country. So definitely. Yeah. I would, I would like to say too, before we break off and call it a day, uh, you were pivotal in the new redux of the USCCA CCHDF instructor development course. And I want to say the additions that you added to it made it so much better. I believe that we're turning out better instructors now. And I just want to say thank you for your input on that. And, and I wanted to just, well, say thanks. I think it's, uh, we're, we're doing a better, better work thanks to your additions into that program. Oh, thank you. That, that's like my heart and soul right there. I love the fact that we can influence um, not just teachers of teachers and not just teachers of the end users, but ultimately the end users themselves. Because if mm -hmm. they're getting um, really well educated and experienced teachers who really care about learning, then we've just taught them something that, again, it's life-saving and life-changing. Very true. Well, well, thank you for being on the show. Thank yes, you. Thank, thank you. you. Have a great day. Hey, guys, this is Garrett Martin and my wife, Danielle Martin with Bond Arms, and this is Meet the Presses with Matt and Clint. Meet the Pressers. We have a lot of sponsors that made this show possible. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode of Meet the Pressers is made possible with the generous support of ASP, Lee Armory, Saber Red, and Got Your Six. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me just do what that. What are we doing? <laughs> Thanks for watching the show. Then you do the, be sure you click the bell and all that. Okay, other shit. okay, okay good. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and click that little bell to make sure you know when our next episode's uploaded. Until next time, adieu. Meet the Pressers.